Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everybody, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. So for those of you who have been following me for a little bit, uh, you've heard that I created a brand new Facebook group for the men who are struggling. My goal is I want to create a community where people can get support and guidance and tools and direction and have some help to implement those things. So in the Facebook group, I do lives, I I, I go live and do Q&As and I share tools. And today's episode, I ripped the audio off of my most recent live stream because I just wanted to give people a sense of what goes on in there in hopes that if you're in need of some extra help, this is a place where you can come. So all you need to do for that is if you're interested is go to facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And so you can hop in. The group's free. But again, I go live every week and share tools and strategies and ways to help people who are struggling and, and help, them, help them with the implementation of it as well. And so for today's episode, I did a live stream talking all about how one of the most common triggers for so many men that I work with initially is stress. And I think so often people will use an addiction as a way to distract themselves from stress. But the problem is that when when the slips happen, of course, it causes more stress. It causes more pain in a relationship. It causes just a whole lot more damage. And so I shared with you guys on the, here on this live stream, I'm sharing a few different ways to consider stress and what the new science about stress says so that you can start to use it instead of it being a source of a trigger that you have to just battle forever. And so I hope this is helpful for those who are listening, not only for the husbands, but for the wives to better understand this as well, that there's other layers beneath, again, stress. When stress, you hear that, it's just such a high-level word. But really, there's so much underneath that that drives that. So hopefully this will give some understanding for some of the women out there as well. And for them to know, okay, on what level should the husband be working? Because when the husband is working on both levels, the the more surface and the deeper level, which I talk about in the live, then she'll be able to feel a sense of confidence that he's actually taking steps to address things so stress does not continue to be something that pulls him back into the addiction. All right, I hope this helps. I'll go ahead and cue this up and you can listen to it right now. All right, hey everybody, welcome to today's live video. I'm really excited to have everybody on here today because I'm gonna be discussing how you can work with stress in a different way so it doesn't continue to trigger you back into a slip or a relapse. So stress, I hear from so many people that I start to work with or people who are in different groups or who message me or email me back listening to the podcast. They say that stress is one of the most common triggers for them to go back into their addiction. But the problem is that life is full of stress and we will literally never get away from it. So if that's one of your main uh, reasons why you're falling back into the addiction, The key to finding freedom is being able to cope with and process stress in a different way so it doesn't keep propelling you back into the addiction. I know it can feel so overwhelming for so many guys, especially if there's pressures of of finances and job and family and the addiction and spirituality. There's, There's so many issues that we have in life oftentimes that create stress. And so I want to share with you today some key things with some of the new science that's coming out around stress and how to use it differently that can help you to understand it so that you can respond to it differently instead of turning back to the addiction. So I want to jump in and share with you an initial study. So this is a study out of the University of Wisconsin back in 2012. In this study, they tracked 30,000 adults over the course of eight years. 
And over those course of eight, the course of the eight years, they monitored and paid, paid attention to how many of these people over these eight years are dying and what is the cause of their death. And in the first part of the study, they asked them two questions. Number one, how much stress are you experiencing in the last year? Or had you been experiencing the last year? And the number two was, do you believe that stress is harmful for your health? <clears throat> and so as they tracked these people over the eight years, stress, those people who said that they had experienced a lot of stress in that prior year had an increased chance of dying of 43%. And the, the 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 thing that is so interesting in this is what it wasn't just the people who were experiencing stress. The second question ended up being the biggest predictor of death over the stress itself. It was the people who died because of the stress died because they believed that stress was harmful to your health. And so the people who believed that stress was not harmful to your health had the lowest risk of dying, including those who reported having very little stress in their life. So over the eight years, a total of 182,000 Americans died, not from stress alone, but the belief that stress is bad for you. When I learned about this study, I thought this was absolutely fascinating because we all experience stress in our life. And very commonly, it's understood that stress is not good, or that's been like the common way of looking at stress. And they link it oftentimes to cardiovascular disease. They talk about how stress releases cortisol in the blood, which is the fight or it's like it's the hormone that primes us for fight or flight. It increases our heart rate. It does these things in our body that many people associate with negatives. And so after this study came out, I thought this was so interesting to help people see it is not actually stress itself. It's how you perceive stress and how you see it as it having a negative effect on your body. So then the question then becomes, can you change how you think about stress in order for you to use it, not only to just not feel overwhelmed, but actually help you use it to accomplish the goals that you have in your life? And so the answer to that is yes, you can. And that's what I want to share with you today. So Harvard did a study where they taught the participants how to see your stress as different, not only as not negative, but how can you see your bodily stress response as helpful? And so the way that they did this was they helped the participants see that our physiological reaction to stress actually has a beneficial impact on how we process situations. So they taught them that when your heart is pounding, it's getting you ready for action. Because if you think about any stressful situation, so many people experience it as an increased heart rate, our breathing increases. We feel this pressure in our body. Sometimes it can be overwhelming and it has this effect where it really narrows our vision almost, where we feel like we have this tunnel vision and we're overwhelmed by the situation. We don't know what to do. Then we feel all this tension in our body. And then this is oftentimes where, where men will turn to their addiction to cope because the stress response can feel so overwhelming for them. And so in this study, they taught them that your heart pounding was getting you ready for action. If your breathing increased, it was totally fine because that was getting more oxygen to your brain. All of these things that happen in our body are priming you to help you to rise to the challenge of whatever is in front of you. So this was such a key part of this. By seeing stress differently and how our body responds to it, 
if you can see it for what it is, it is our body getting ready for action, then stress becomes actually helpful in increasing your performance. Those participants experienced less anxiety, they felt more confident, and their physiological response to stress changed. So here's what's so, again, so fascinating is I remember seeing this study, this, this particular, somebody describing the study, and they showed a picture of a blood vessel. And she said that when you see a blood vessel, typically it's open like this. But when there's stress and you see stress as a negative, the blood vessel constricts. So as it shrinks and gets smaller, this is a part of why people link chronic stress sometimes with uh, cardiovascular disease because the heart is working so hard to push blood through and the blood vessels are shrinking and constricting. And so when the participants learned how to see their bodily response to stress as helpful, what happened is they looked at the blood vessels in those people, and instead of those blood vessels constricting like they had when people experienced stress and saw it negatively, it actually stayed opened and relaxed. And it looks very similar to what happens in moments of joy and encourage. And so this was such a helpful thing for me to understand. And this is where I want to link this back to you guys to help you in this process so that you can understand how stress can work differently. So it doesn't propel you back into the addiction, which then creates more stress, which then oftentimes pulls people back into this hamster wheel where they feel completely stuck and unable to break free. So the summary is that the new science of stress reveals that how you think about stress has a big impact. It absolutely matters. And I hope that as you're listening to this, I want to share with you another tool as you know, as we go here today. I hope that as you're listening to this, you can start to see that by seeing stress differently will give you the ability to navigate the situation that you're faced with differently. And because you're approaching the situation differently, it doesn't then have to kick you back into the addiction because your, your approach becomes different. And so the next part of what I want to talk about is how this relates to slips. So, so often, again, men get overwhelmed with their responsibilities and stress becomes a trigger where there's two levels to this. Number one is it's, it's an event that we go through, a moment in time where something feels overwhelming, something can feel scary. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Then our body kicks into gear, right? This activates this stress response. But a big part of the stress response, or rather what creates stress, is a situation where our negative beliefs and our negative self-image becomes active. And so I'll share with you a couple of examples of what I mean. I've worked with people in the past where, let's say they're at work. And they're given a task by their boss. And when their boss describes to them what they need to do, the client that I'm working with at the time will say, I just feel overwhelmed in that moment that I'm not going to do a very good job. Or if they have to present something at work and in front of a group of people, they feel this stress and their body starts getting tight and they get overwhelmed and nervous and feel anxious and aren't sure that they're going to do a good job. And they start to question their abilities. They start to doubt themselves which increases the stress. Or if you're not you know, working in a boardroom somewhere, it's some kind of an event or something that happens at work that you then start to question yourself. This is very often a common trigger for men because of a negative belief or a negative self-image about 
their abilities in that particular situation. So this can happen again at work. It can happen at home in your relationship with your wife. And what that might look like is let's say you get the message from your wife. Let's say you see some body language and she becomes very quiet and she starts to distance or maybe even more commonly it's the opposite. It's a you know fight or flight response. So many men, when they get overwhelmed, we go to the flight response. We shut down, we avoid, we distance because we don't want to fight. And so many women are the other way where they will pursue and the energy will come out in this fight kind of a, a, a feeling where there's frustration, there's criticism, there might be complaint. There's, uh, you know, we get the message when a wife is upset, if she's angry, it's so easy for so many men to get the message. I've messed up. I've let her down. I've screwed up again, despite my best efforts, no matter what I do, it's not enough. And no matter how much I actually am changing or how much I truly do care and want to change, it's never enough for my wife. So it doesn't, you know, what's the point of even continuing to work this hard if she's never going to be happy anyways? So many men, that's the train of thought. Doesn't matter. She won't be happy. Like, screw it. Who cares? And so whether we're at work or in relationships, stress is a part of our life. And so often a situation becomes stressful because the undercurrent of the situation or what that brings up again is a negative image of ourself. It's a negative self-belief. It's self-doubt. It's, it's a reaction that we have where we do not feel confident. We do not feel capable. And then we get overwhelmed. And so what we want to do in these kinds of situations is to do two things. The tool that I shared with you earlier is training yourself to see stress differently because there's no getting away from it. However, if you can see it for what it is, it's a chance for your body to take action. Your body is being primed to take action. That will help you see stress differently, which is a part of what will help you then experience it differently. But secondly, and I think even more importantly, <clears throat> because even if you see stress and your body's response to stress in a positive way, if your self-image is negative and you're doubting yourself and you have these fears and you feel unworthy or you feel like you're not good enough and you get discouraged and then it starts to feel hopeless. If you have a negative belief of yourself, there will be significantly more events in your life that will activate stress that otherwise would not. If you had a strong belief about yourself and you felt confident and you felt sure and you knew that you could learn that mistakes are going to happen, but that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. If you had the confidence that you could adjust to situations, you could figure out the answer. Just an overall sense of like, I can do this. And you believe in yourself. This is the thing that will change how you experience situations. So we've got a surface level. <clears throat> I guess I call it like a surface and a deeper level. On the surface, when we think about and assign a different meaning to our body's response. Tremendously helpful. If we go a layer beneath that into how we see ourselves as a person, that's where the biggest lever is to make the changes so that situations don't propel you back into the addiction. So when I work with guys in this process, <clears throat> that's one of the biggest things that we hit is helping them not only identify what these deeper level beliefs are, but give them the tools and the direction and the support. And I help them implement these tools so that they can actually change how they see themselves. 
And so this is the key of what I want to share with you today is it's 100% possible for you to experience stress without going back to the addiction. It's 100% possible for you to go through a very difficult time and not have that be a trigger to go and distract and numb out and cope. And a part of how we can do that are these two things, seeing your body response differently, and then on a deeper level, seeing yourself differently. I remember working with a client who after about eight weeks, so I've got a 12-week process. And so I'm working with somebody who after about eight weeks tells me that he no longer sees slipping and relapses as a victory. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And he said, the reason why is because that has just become the norm. It's not a huge deal for him anymore. It's not this big victory because that's just how he lives now. That's just how he operates, where the addiction becomes so far behind him. He's not tracking his days. He's, he doesn't have like a counter or a slip counter. He's not celebrating day by day because this is just who he is now. And I thought that was just such a cool way to put this, that as you do this deeper work, as you get the tools and the ability to process stress, triggers, your relationship differently, it just becomes who you are. And in that place of being who you are, it's just like, this is normal. I remember speaking with so many, there's a handful of people as I hop on calls, just to get to know them a little bit better, see if I can help them. They tell me that they just want to feel normal, whatever, you know, whatever that is. I have a sense of what they mean by that. It's just, it's going back to what my client describes. It's like, I'm just living my day. I'm doing my day. Yes, I experience stress at work, but it doesn't shake me anymore like it used to. Yes, I lose my temper with my kids sometimes, but then I don't beat myself up afterwards and tell myself, tell myself I'm such a horrible dad. I'm screwing up my kids. He's able to see all of this differently. He can approach his kids differently when he makes a mistake. He can just acknowledge it, have a conversation with them. He knows how to repair now. And the same thing when it comes to his relationship with his wife. He knows how to repair. He knows how to build trust. He knows how to to respond to her pain differently. And so by just being a different person and seeing himself as different, then he's able to completely operate in his life differently. So it just feels, in his words, normal. It's not even a victory anymore. That's just who he is. And so I would encourage you guys over the next week or so, I want to be doing these lives to give you the tools and the support that you need. And my hope is to build this group into a place where people truly can get the, the support that they need from not only me and getting some guidance and tools, but from each other, because going through this alone is overwhelming. When the reality is there are so many people that struggle with this. I remember seeing a research research study that said they polled, I can't remember how many men, it was either 1,000 or 10,000 men, that in the last six months, 96% of those men had viewed some type of pornographic content. And so you are definitely not alone in this struggle. This is a very, very common struggle. And I say that in hopes to take the shame away that so many people are dealing with this because I think the porn industry knows that this is, we're wired like this as people. We have these sexual desires that are healthy and channeling those into a relationship and using it as a means to build a connection with your spouse is such a healthy and helpful thing to do. But I think the industry is trying to, of course, get as much money as they can and they play on that desire that's healthy. And then they distort it and then make people feel bad and feel like they're the only ones who are struggling with this and there's something wrong with them if they can't stop. The reality is this is so many people. And so the way to find freedom 
is to be able to address your triggers, change your negative beliefs about yourself, help you develop a sense of confidence and a strong self-image, working through anxiety and depression, having a better relationship with your wife. There is a, there's a path in front of you so you truly can find the freedom from this. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.